0: Puerto way south, not all the way south in Chile. I mean, Chile goes, Chile is as long as the U.S. is wide. So that, it's just incredible how long it is and very narrow. And so I I wanted to use the Internet Cafe in Jairo. Well, you know, do you you know enough Spanish? I think I know enough Spanish to to make it. You know, so I just, I was, you know, I was just kind of rehearsing what I was going to say when I walked into the Internet Cafe Portside, you know, port side, port the mold, beautiful day, sun shining. I walk in, and it's very boldly. I say, no hablo inglés. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> <sweet>. so, <laughs> so the Internet Cafe guy in perfect English says, well, if you don't speak English, what do you speak? <laughs> so, <laughs> missed that one. Here's my opportunity. Oh, me. This morning I want to just give you a little overview of the time in Chile, in Santiago this time. Ben Espíritu Santo. I bring you greetings from Santiago. Santiago is a, it's a big city. It's a beautiful city. This is looking west. Uh, these are not clouds. These are actually the Andes. And this is the tallest structure in Latin America. And this this part of the city, part of that part of the city is Vitacura. So it's a neighborhood. So Lavinia Vitacura, brings uh, just blessing to you, greetings. This was my third visit to this Lavinia Bittacura. I thought I'll remember the year. I think it was 2004 was the first visit. And at that time, uh, Lavinia... Was just it was just a church plant. They were just starting. They were coming out of another vineyard next door, neighbors neighborhood, Los Condes, planting a new vineyard. And Leo and his wife Cecilia uh, were both working as dentists, and uh, so he was bivocational planting this church. And it was my my introduction was lots of questions about who are you. How do I know you're ever going to come back? Uh, how can you help us? And uh, we were, just, we're just part of a partnership of vineyard churches in the U.S. That, that partner together for the benefit of the vineyard movement in Chile. So I was doing my best just to explain to of to that I wasn't there to take over. I was there to do whatever, whatever would be helpful, however we could serve. That's been our whole attitude and so, uh, after we made it through that, we, we became fast friends. We've become very good friends. I really, really appreciate uh, Leo and his family. And uh, I've just passed through there just for one evening on another trip when I went down to check on our friends in Concepcion after the earthquake to make sure that they were fine. And it was just a, too short of a visit. But this time, uh, when we were in Columbus... Uh, Uh, Leo and uh, Cecilia and several other Chileno pastors and families came to the international conference and so when we ran into each other one, they were extremely excited to meet Mia Sposa Uh, they had not met Susan they just heard all the things that I told them about Susan and so they just really wanted to meet this marvelous woman so uh, here she was (laughs) another another part of comedy and Chileans are really funny so again the first visit I was with Adam in Portamont we're having this barbecue and they were talking about you're not here with your wife you know she might be worried you know you're in Chile alone so go back and tell your wife all the women in Chile are ugly (laughs) so behind the guy making that suggestion was another guy with his wife he said so my wife is ugly (laughs) The humor, the humor is great. They're wonderful people. But when we ran into uh, Leo and Sisti, they wanted, they had said, we're going to do a workshop, or we're going to do a conference. Would you come do a workshop for us? And so I left Columbus with just, well, I definitely will pray about that. And I did. And so uh, the, it just seemed the direction I received was to go and to help with this workshop. So I was in the Conferencia Espiritu Santo mode on. And uh, it was a gathering of uh, the vineyard in Santiago and also the vineyards across Chile. Uh, They invited a speaker, his name is Ed, he is a vineyard pastor uh, in the Chicago area. And Ed is a third generation lawyer, very direct, very, very much the evangelist and very much... Into what the vineyard in, in kind of the beginnings called power evangelism, where you go out on the streets, really relying upon the Holy Spirit to give you insights about people. And so that he's just he he does that a lot. He's one of those people, you know. I've I've led fifty people to Jesus this year. So just it it was he was an incredibly uh, honest, gifted man. It's fun to meet him. The other guy that came was Andy Park. and Andy Park's been a worship leader in the vineyard for many, many years. Most of us would recognize the song In the Secret, In the Quiet Place. In the stillness you were there, I want to know you. Andy wrote that song as a vineyard uh, worship leader in Anaheim. And he's begun to lead worship in Spanish and it's just incredible. So that that was, those two plus me were the team of the three amigos from America. And uh, my workshop, thanks to you, uh, was really based upon what we discovered together as we traveled through Acts. And what, what I wanted to come back and just tell you, I am so grateful that you allowed me to go slow and to discover things. Because sometimes when you discover, like, the fine details, then you can get a better overview of what you see in Acts. And so the workshops that I did were attended by 100, 120 people... Uh, I was not prepared for that. Uh, It was a workshop, meaning I wanted people to be in small groups, so the small groups were not so small groups. But it was really, really fun to see our Chilean brothers and sisters. They loved being in small groups together and doing some discovery. And uh, the one thing that I asked them to do is I asked them, why don't you just look at every reference in Acts, which I listed, And why don't you just write down the verbs. What did the Holy Spirit do? Just write the verbs down. What did the Holy Spirit do through the story of Acts? The second column was, what have you seen him do? The third column, what would you like to see him do? And so from that workshop, I just want to come back. And it's really in the the spirit of what's already started in our morning through our worship. It's just to say, it is so important that we who are following Jesus receive every gift that the father gives to us and we have got to recognize that the holy spirit is this very precious gift it's an indispensable gift that the holy spirit is is someone that comes to us that we receive that gift and i I don't want to i don't want to you know i don't want to get hung up in the theology of it that kind of grieves me if you just look at the story if you just look at uh the history you just read it for what it is forget about the theology of it theology is the way we try to understand it and systematize it i just want to say you know these two verses tell me enough that the holy spirit is the gift promised by the father and we want to receive him each of you must repent of your sins and turn to god and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I would say every one of us in the room would say, yeah. Every one of us would say, yeah. We, we want to be people that change our mind about our rebellion. Yes, we've been in rebellion against God. We want to turn to God and say, forgive us for our rebellion. We, we, wanna, we trust Jesus to deal with our sins. We want to follow him. We want to be baptized the washing away from our sins, the, rise, the raising up. You know, we, I think we'd all say yes. But for some reason, we didn't stop. But it doesn't stop there. Because Peter goes on to say, then, once we repent, once we turn to God, once we're baptized in the name of Jesus, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So God gives us a gift. And this promise, this promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you, to your children, and to all those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. So all of us, we would be those people far away. So back when Peter, on the day of Pentecost, is saying this, you know, we're we're in the picture. So those of you that will trust in Jesus, confess your sins, be baptized, then you're going to then receive... The gift of the Holy Spirit. Do not leave Jerusalem. Might touch your little machine here. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. The gift the Father promised. The gift the Father promised to all who would follow Jesus. As I told you before, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's the gift of the Father. Again, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. The Father's promise to every one of us that are following Jesus. And so, I just want to say, we want to be a community that is full of the Holy Spirit. We want to be a community that knows Jesus... We know forgiveness of our sins in Jesus' name. We know that there's a God creator, but at the same time, we want to be a community that's full of the Holy Spirit. And the way we experience that fullness of the Holy Spirit is that we really receive. We're receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. As real as we received the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our life we, we develop a relationship with him and we really we treat that relationship as a, a precious gift given from our father and then we want to be a community that's empowered by the holy spirit for effective witness and service if we are trying to follow jesus to do the things that jesus commands us to do without asking the holy spirit to help us it will not work If we're trying to do ministry, if we're trying to teach, whether it's our kids or it's adults, whether we're trying to lead worship, whether we're any 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 ministry that we want to do, we want to do it effectively. If we're trying to do that without relying on the Holy Spirit, it's not going to work. And you can keep going. And if we're trying to do marriage without the help of the Holy Spirit, we're trying to be parents without the Holy Spirit. If we're trying to work without, if we're trying to do school, I mean, all of our life as people following Jesus, the Father said, "Here's this gift." Jesus said it this way: "I'm going to send you another helper. I'm going to be your, I'm going to keep helping you, but I'm going to send you another helper." And in this season that I'm gone, he's going to be even closer than I am. He's, he's there to help us. So we want to be a community that's full of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not talking about that theologically. I, it, I detest the theological conversations we have. These are the words from our story in Acts. A community full of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that it's true that that begins uh, when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus says. John baptized with water, the Holy Spirit's going to be baptized. You're going to be baptized with fire. I mean, it's, it's the experience that every follower of Jesus is meant to have. The way I would understand it is that it's meant to happen at our time of conversion. That once we we say yes to Jesus, and once we're being baptized in water, I don't know if you've noticed, but when people come out of the water, when we're baptizing people, we say, now come, Holy Spirit, and fill. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that's best when it happens then. So there's this initial introduction. But then, Acts is again, be filled, be filled, be filled. It's again and again and again, be filled, be filled, be filled. And so you have this description of this community that is full of the Holy Spirit. full of the Spirit and wisdom. Full of faith. Full of the Holy Spirit. Full of joy in the Holy Spirit. We want that. That, That's what the church is meant to be. A people that experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in his person and the help that he brings to us, the effectiveness that he brings to us. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then empowered by the Holy Spirit. You will receive power to be my witnesses. He doesn't say you will receive power to do the work of evangelism. He doesn't say you will receive power to do witnessing. He says you will receive power to be There's something that happens to us as human beings when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us and empowers us. It affects who we are. He enabled them to speak in other languages, declaring the wonders of God. Joel prophesied, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams all that's really saying is communication between God in heaven and people on the earth is going to improve when the Holy Spirit is poured out prophecy is not about foretelling the future it can be but it's not about foretelling it's about hearing what God is saying God is speaking And the prophetic people or the prophetic church, is we're listening. We hear you. And sometimes that is through the words that are spoken. Other times that's through dream and vision. God is speaking and we're hearing. And then prophetic people then do what God asks them to do. Sometimes he'll ask you to say something about the future. But that's not the big deal. The big deal is just in communication with God. He's talking to us conversation. When the Holy Spirit empowers, there's a conversation the Holy Spirit says. Uh, he also, will. the word, I mean, it's very often in Acts, the Holy Spirit said through David or the Holy Spirit said through the prophet. So again, when I'm reading the Bible, when I'm, when I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm going to hear the author of the Bible. He's going to speak clear enough for me to hear him. And again, it just takes on this new dimension. It's not just black and white as I'm in communion with the author. There's guidance set apart, Paul and Barnabas, to go. Paul's on the road. Don't go there. Go here. There's guidance. There's there's a, a community that is encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And boy, do we ever need that again and again and again so when it really comes right down to it it's really a question of are we a community that's receiving the Holy Spirit and are we practicing in our, in our community life are we practicing receiving the Holy Spirit as a community we, we do practice the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we literally baptize people But there's an ongoing receiving of the Holy Spirit. When the apostles in Jerusalem... Heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message... They sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived... They prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them... For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul... I mean, so Peter and John lay their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Again and again and again, this is only one reference in Acts. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit is received because there's the laying on of hands. And it's just that simple prayer. Bain, Espíritu Santo. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill. Fill your people. Come, Holy Spirit. Empower your people. It's, just, it's, just, it's really just that simple. And it's, and it's just the Holy Spirit does that. So I've just come back from a weekend of ministry time that went from two to three hours every time we met. And I have prayed for innumerable people. And I prayed that prayer. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this person. Come, Holy Spirit. Empower this person. I, want you to t- I just want to tell you that everybody that came for prayer received. It was incredible. Let me also tell you something that was like comical incredible. The first night that we were together, which would have been last Friday night, the worship was incredible. I mean, like I was this morning... I was on the front row, but when worship began, and I'm beginning to worship, I mean, I was like almost blown off my feet, and that was just, that's the presence of God. It was just like, oh my goodness gracious. Wow. Wow. So we had this wonderful time of worship. I'd also like, I'd also like you to know, and I didn't get to see, but I didn't look behind me because I was given a front row seat, but right over here, y'all are in the special section were the middle schoolers. Folks, those were, the, those were the most incredible worshipers of Jesus I've ever seen in my life. Middle school, elementary age kids totally engaged in worship to Jesus. Unbelievable. I mean, that took, like, I, I don't know what y'all got, but I would sure like that. And I'd like that to come back with us. Because somehow we've bought into this thing that our middle schoolers check out. That's not true. we got to say no to that. Not true. Incredible worship. Ed got up and told his story. Good story. Obviously God at work through him. And he was moving towards what we do in meetings like this. He was moving towards come Holy Spirit. And as he moved towards that, he's kind of like, come. And all of a sudden, the light started flickering. He's going, what in the world is about to happen? He says, come, Holy Spirit. Soon as soon as the words came out of his mouth, come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Darkness. Every light in the room went out. <laughs> and poor Ed, I mean, he said, I don't know what to do. <laughs> this has never happened before. Then he got tickled. So now he's just laughing hysterically, which was wonderful. I was remembering, I was in a, a young, I was at a, a counselor in a young life camp one winter and we had a cabin time. Lights went out. It was the most incredible cabin time ever because under the shroud of darkness, those that group of guys just, they just came uncorked. They just told their story. Because they couldn't see if somebody was looking right at them. So in some ways that began to happen. People began to pray for each other. The Spirit of God was working. People were receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was empowering people. There was healing. just went on and on and on. There was something else. Because when we want to be a community that says, you know, we we want the Holy Spirit to fill us because we really want to be effective. There's 77,000 people in a three-mile radius around us. Man, I want the Holy Spirit to empower our witness so that the people around us discover life and forgiveness and relationship with Jesus, can enter into a community, enjoy what we enjoy. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't fill us, that, won't have, that will never happen. The back story is, when we say, you know, we want to be a community full of the Spirit, God says, okay. And so he really set up the lights going off. For one, Ed, as he prepared for telling his story, he just said, Jesus, what do you want to do tonight? And he wrote down in his journal what he thought. I mean, again, it's not, it's not a, like, Riding in the stars. It's just, I think Jesus might be saying to me, remain faithless. I want you to serve over this weekend and be faceless. Well, being in the dark is pretty faceless. So that's one thing that happened. That's not the most incredible thing that happened. Because there was another person that came last Friday night. And she was a young lady in her 20s. She is not committed to following Jesus. She's exploring, and she, she came with her group of friends. They said, you know, why don't you, can't you just come? You know, you'll hear a little bit more about Jesus. And maybe you'll see some things. You know, we just, you know, just... Go. And she said, okay, I'll come. So she sat through the, the worship, and she sat through the talk. And as Ed was coming to that moment, she said, you know, God, if you're real put the lights out guess what God's real God's real God is real God listens to the cries of the heart of someone that does not yet know him in a group of three to four hundred he says you know I'm going to put the lights out for her. We want to be a community that is in step with the Holy Spirit. We want to receive the Holy Spirit. We want to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we want the Holy Spirit to empower each and every one of us so that we're effective in life and in ministry for the sake of our king. So this is my last question. When was the last time you remember the Holy Spirit just breathing life and empowerment into you? When was the last time you just said, you know, God... I just feel, I feel like the life has just been sucked out of me. And I just, need you, I just need you to fill me again with your presence and with your power so that I can keep living life well. Not just going through the motions, but really engaged with you and with the people around me. When was the last time Maybe as you struggled with a besetting sin that you finally said, you know, Holy Spirit, if you don't empower me to move beyond this sin, I'm never going to make it. So would you empower me to say no to this temptation and move on? When was the last time any of us were really an effective witness with a person out and about? that didn't yet know Jesus, but somehow we just knew what to say in the moment that really drew that person into relationship with Jesus. When was the last time that we, we woke, woke up on a Sunday morning and we just said, you know, I don't want to just go through the motions of attending a church service. I want to go spend time with people that are full of the Spirit, full of life, We're going to celebrate who Jesus is. We're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're going to go out and do whatever he asks us to do. Wherever we go. So when was the last time? Someone has said it really well. We we need to keep being filled with what Paul says. Be filled with the Spirit. That's a continuous action verb. Be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit again and again and again and again and again because we leak. We leak. Life knocks the wind out of us. We get disappointed. We get led astray. So that's my question. Who of us today would like to receive a filling of the Spirit? Who of us today wants to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? just to live life, to do that well, and to serve in his name. So what's your answer to that? Yes. Yes, she says from the back row. So would you just stand then? You know, again, in the story of Acts, there are times that an individual is filled, like Ananias was sent by the Father to pray for Saul, and Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was was this one-on-one encounter. I doubt if they were the only ones in the room. But most of the time, what God wants to do is he wants to do something corporately. Our westernization, our individualism gets us. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit really wants to fill us. Not just me. He wants to fill us. He wants a community of people empowered to live life well and to serve. So I would just ask us, if that's us, you know, just hold out your hands because God wants to give us a gift. That just says, hey, I want to receive. Father, the Holy Spirit is your gift to us. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is that other helper that you said that you would send to us. And so as a community of people, it's really etched on our face. We desire the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to come to renew our life, to refresh us. We ask you to come to fill us to fullness. We want to be a community that is full of your presence. We want to be a community that's full of wisdom. We want to be a community that's full of faith, a community that's full of joy. Holy Spirit, come. If you allow to stay engaged as you are, I'm going to just pray. I'm just going to go lay my hands on a couple of people just because it's obvious that there are people that are very right now Engaged, and I just want to bless what the Holy Spirit's doing. And uh, so for all of us, just again, this is something we're doing corporately, so let's just keep receiving whatever the Holy Spirit is giving. Holy Spirit, I bless what you're doing. In Rand's life, I thank you for his hunger and his thirst.